everyone. Welcome to back to another episode of Relative Pitch. And um, we are very excited to have a very familiar face with us again today. We have Professor Prof Ashley Crawford, also known as Flute Bay. Um, you may know her as either an internet sensation, an amazing pedagogue, a national presenter. She's all of it. She's everything. Professor Crawford, how are you? Welcome back. Hey, it feels good to be back. Feels good to be seen on this wonderful Sunday. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's like, amen, bless it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it feels so good to be here today. And I'm 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 excited and eager to get into our conversation today. I know we got a lot to catch up on, a lot to talk about. So uh, yes, because this past year, and we just talked about it right before we started recording, it's been a year, but it's like, has it actually been a year? Right. You've been busy. You've been a little busy. So <laughs> like, you have to catch the audience up about all the, the things that you have been doing this past year. Um, so I've still been doing a lot of work with the Nashville African-American Wind Symphony, better known as NALS. Okay. Um, this past June... Juneteenth, to be exact, we had our debut concerts at, at Belmont University in the McAfee Concert Hall here in Nashville. Um, that was an amazing debut. We we were aiming to sell, um, I believe me and my colleague, we agreed like, okay, let's try to get 200 tickets, you know? <laughs> we end up selling, I think about 450, 500 tickets. So it was a full concert. Yeah, it was a full concert. The community really showed up and out. Okay. Um, and it was a beautiful program. We pulled in a lot of talent and um, activists from the community and brought them in on just the uh, importance and the awareness of Juneteenth and the historical reverence and everything of it. And um, it just, it was received so well and um, people are still buzzing about it. Um, since then, we've done um, performances for the NAACP, uh, NAACP, yes, college affiliate here in Nashville. Um, we have our holiday concert coming up <laughs> uh, December 9th. Next February, we will be flying out to Colorado for the NAACP convention <laughs> happening at, um, I believe it's Colorado State University. Oh, I'm probably like getting the school wrong, but um, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot going on. So um, we knew once the, the ball got rolling on this, that it was basically going to become a weld oil machine just um, off of the press and just um, interest in and alone. So yeah, we're, we're hanging with it and and continuing to grow it. So it's just been rewarding and and surprising just to see how all of this is coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I've been doing, um, you mentioned national presenter. When you said that, I was like, "Oh, is that me? I guess I, I guess that is me." <laughs> um, and what was it? August? Yes, in August. Um, was the National Flute Association Convention. I believe it was the 50th annual convention. Um, I presented alongside Dr. Brittany Charter and Justine Lee Hooper, um, flute and hip hop, which was the first of its kind at this convention. Um, it was a full 
clinic. <laughs> Lauren, were you there? I don't. I, I, yes, I no. I, I think you had to skip out early. No, 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 yeah. no, no. We got there early and we stayed. We because we knew that it was going to be packed in there. And let me tell y'all something. <laughs> it was like it was like standing room only in that little room. Like, I, it was people were out in the aisles. People were like standing and behind people. There was a line to get in, but like I got there early. I got me my little front seat. And I was there. I was eating it all up. It was it was just so magical seeing because you're absolutely right. That was the first anything of its kind that was at NFA. And it just happened to be on the golden year of 50, uh -huh. 50th anniversary. Um, that was so impactful for me also because there were so many black flutists in that room. Yes. <laughs> and you y'all. Oh, my gosh. Like every every introduction every point that was made i heard a period purr right. yes go off and i'm like my people my people <laughs> oh, my God. community is here <laughs> we were we were messing around in that front row we were we were having church <laughs> so um yeah we gave a presentation on um again flute and hip-hop just the um, origins of flute in hip hop from all different regions, the West Coast, the East Coast, the South. And um, it, again, bringing awareness to the role that flute plays in pop culture and, and just mainstream music, period. So um, I, I feel like a lot of people learn them some things that they <laughs> did. I, I agree. I agree. I, I do want to, there's so much to, to what you've done this past year that I really want to get into because mm -hmm. everything you've been doing is so important. Um, and I definitely want to give praise to every single point of that you just made. Going back to Nas, when you guys first created or had the conception of it, did you really think that it was going to run off the ground the way that it did? We knew it was going to be something big. Um, but of course, you make a plan, God is going to show you something bigger, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just knew that much. Amen. We just knew that much. It's like, okay, let's have a, a faith the size of a mustard seed, the size of a grain of salt <laughs> or sand, right? Um, but to see, again, just the, the national attention that it's been getting, um, it really took us by surprise. Um at this point we've been um we've achieved to receive grants and um have these larger organizations reach out to us and say hey we want to feature you all here and come play here we'll fly you all out and i'm like is this really happening this this is our budget is what like <laughs> really for us <laughs> so um again we just knew that this was something that the community needed, that a lot of musicians in the community wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and we provided that and gave the downbeat and the rest is just history and it's continuing to make history. So yeah, again, I'm just, I'm always blown away with how much Nas continues to accomplish today. I love that, and actually, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Anthony go, but I want to definitely come back to that. I just so with Nas, um, do you? I see this as being something so pinnacle in, in this medium, and especially like wind band music. 
um, for this to be the National African American with like it, it that title alone says so much. Do you see in the future that there might be branches of NAS throughout the country? It would that is that a goal um, of you? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, representation is key, and we don't want it to just be confined to Nashville. Nashville is the starting point. You know, um, I want to look up one day and there's a Chicago branch or a mm. Memphis branch or a Houston branch or something like that um, right. to where black classical musicians across the country, across the board are um, finding finding their way to these spaces and creating um, this beautiful music that we hold strong to and that we also perform and flourish in, you know. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely. I, I want to look up and see 50 branches of it. Yeah. <laughs> One for every state if we can, you know? <laughs> so, um, absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, what I think needs more discourse in our community is black classical musicians. Cause I think mm -hmm. you know, whenever we say we're a black classical musician, some other folks might think that we're, we don't like Beethoven. We don't like Bach. We don't like Mozart. We, we don't like all these classical artists. And that's not true. That's not what we are saying whatsoever. We like to play that music just as much as everybody else, but it's the experience that we have shared where some of us have been told, I think, you are the expert in this field to mm -hmm. music. And mm -hmm. so I'm just glad that there are spaces like this, where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna play it and I'm gonna play it damn good too. So you can come and watch, mm -hmm. come and listen. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just so thankful that, that you all had that vision to open a space like this. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, a lot of times when we're talking about classical music or we're in these spaces where um, we may be the only one in these ensembles or, you know, um, these ensembles are predominantly white. It's just, that's, that's just fact. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost, and we see it um, even with the, the audience's, interest in classical music and in the symphony and things it's almost like it's um reserved for the elitist to mm -hmm. you know enjoy and to consume and when we talk about classical music that this is only for the intellect and the upper echelon of people and there's no way that black people will be interested in, or, in it or they would fit in in it you know right. and that's false <laughs> that is false yeah. um We've seen so many uh, talented, just wonderfully skilled Black uh, classical musicians, um, again, come out of this world and to just assume that based off of what I look like or, or how I look, that I have no interest in this music is just absolutely, it's just, it's just, it's just asinine and it's just false. Okay. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and again, in creating this, like we saw the problem. And the symphony continues to face this problem today. We see articles after articles coming out and, you know, more awareness being raised as far as like the, the string component is, you know, um, what that what that consists of. But as far as wind band, um, we saw the problem and it's like, OK, here's the solution. Let's find a space. 
let's put a call to action and drop the downbeat. And once we let the people, the uh, players know how big this was, like this is bigger than us just meeting once a week and just coming to play some music and things like that. Like mm -hmm. we got a point to make out here and we're, we're, we're walking history right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're about to stack a lot of people on our shoulders yeah. <laughs> at some point. And um, again, just, just having that starting point with showing up in these spaces like McAfee and um, also next year for Juneteenth, we'll be at the Skirmahorn downtown Nashville. So the symphony hall for Juneteenth, um, which they invited us another <laughs> big thing. Um, but again, playing on these big stages, showing up dressed to the T and it's all melanated mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. ready to play all of these composers that you all hold near and dear. And what a lot of people forget about these composers is that when they were creating, they were pushing the envelope. You want to talk about Beethoven? We know the history of Beethoven, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we we know his attitude, right? We've read about it over and over and over again. But what he was going after was how can I keep pushing this thing to the next and to the next and break away from what the norm is, right? So they want to be traditionalist. They want to be elitist, but that's not what creating music was about. That's not, that's that wasn't the, the, the groundwork of it, the foundation of it. So I feel like Nas is doing a, a, a great thing and yes, playing this music, but also bringing um, black composers to the for forefront as well. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of groundbreaking things that we're doing here. <laughs> I, I just know it has to be, <clears throat> I just know that like your rehearsals in there, have to be just like amazing, just a wonderful environment. Cause like usually there's one or two per ensemble. So if those one or two have a different perspective on the music. It's probably like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then they come to this ensemble and they're just like, everybody's like, do it. I don't care what you do. We just gonna have fun in here. And we it's gonna be different and it's supposed to be different because we are different than everybody else. I love I need to see Sanaz on Midwest and show it up. It's, like, it's coming, it's coming. Oh yeah, speak it. Hey, speak it. We are here, we are here, we are proud. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Now that would be a pact. Okay, that contact house. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and what's interesting i'm glad that you brought up midwest um you know i teach at tennessee state university and um i'll be at midwest this year hopefully if we run into each other hey we'll see um, you yay <laughs> um but yeah this is the 75th year i mm -hmm. believe mm -hmm. and uh tennessee state university's jazz collegian so their big jazz band will be performing um for ron carter who's receiving the I believe what called the Medal of Honor or like the Lifetime Achievement. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. So he's received one, and this is the first time that an HBCU will be performing at Midwest after seventy five years. Mm -hmm. So TSU was coming through, breaking the mold. Like okay, it's been it's it's been seventy. What she said, it's been eighty four years. <laughs> it's been this long. It's been this long, but TSU is coming in, and they're 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 getting the door open, and and hopefully Nas can come charging through that door as well, kicking that door through, and many more HBCUs to come. But mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like it's 
it's a slow moving process, but uh, it's it's progress. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, absolutely. Like we we need more again representation at these large conferences like NFA and Midwest and things because we're out here <laughs> and it makes no sense to show up to these yep. spaces and and we not see ourselves. You know. That's yeah. always the craziest argument to me is when people are like, I just like, where are the like the black musicians? And I'm like, where do you what do you mean? Like, we're right here. Y'all mm-hmm. just don't let us into these spaces. Like that exactly. is a huge difference between like existence versus like being in those spaces, being let into those spaces. But the fact that you are made a space that people can call their home, that they can go to and they can see their people and they can look on stage to their people listen to their people playing those standards those classics Mm -hmm. that is history that absolutely is history and i love the fact that it came from like you said like the the faith of a mustard seed it's like we know this is something that needs to happen and we want to help it happen and we'll just have to see with where (laughs) where god takes it you know and where it's pushed to and I think nowadays, at least me working within arts admin, that is not that is not how things are done anymore, unfortunately, in the bigger organizations. And I think that is where there is there is lack. The faith of in seeing that something needs to be done and going on that and knowing that the wind will carry it where it needs to go, that's gone in that sense. But the fact that we are seeing that that does happen, I employ that all the time because sometimes I'm like, y'all. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm just putting it out there and we'll just kind of see what happens. Like there is something to be learned about about that type of um, that mindset when it comes to to planning and to, to putting your heart into something. And I know that's something that you teach your students to do and your students see within you at TSU. So I just want to point that out as a student, as someone who is an arts admin, I am happy to see projects come from something like that and bloom into something that it was always meant to be. So I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. Um, and and to expand upon that, everything I do <laughs> is just taking a shot in the dark. Okay. Um, Flute Bay was built off. Okay. Well, let's see if it works. And, <laughs> and still uh, to this day, when I'm creating and when I have time to create and, you know, sit and focus on branding and all of that, um, I'm still, still just trying things, you know? Um, and a lot of that just trying, um, allowed me to grow as a musician. So now I've reached the point to where, okay, Flute Bay plays like Flute Bay and these players play like themselves or they play like, you know, but I've developed my own identity as a player now. And that foundation of that was classical music. I'm familiar with my horn because of classical music. And I'm able to take that language, take that vocabulary and apply it to other genres and apply it to my own individuality now. So um, I don't, I don't understand how people can, say I want to create something but not you know take a risk because that's what that's what it is right you got to take a risk to um see if it'll even be you know successful um and what doesn't work you know you tweak it and you change it until it does work mm-hmm. um but I think a lot of that comes from just uh a, whatever this culture is in our society that's centered around perfectionism 
um, centered around like you 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 go to people's social media pages and it's all a highlight reel and everything is perfect and everything is well put together and people think life has to move that way or life is supposed to move that way and it doesn't like everything ebb and flows right it's up until it's down till it's back up until it's down until it's back up again and that's just how things work um has Nas posed some challenges absolutely it's not it has not always been um just roses and applause right you all are hearing the highlights but there is some 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 groundwork and and bricks being laid that we are laboring over and sometimes the team is like okay i'm not dealing with you right now and then until we come back together and it's like okay we have the idea now we got it let's 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 make it work right mm -hmm. um so again i i feel like people organizations should not be afraid to i'll just say it put it plainly put you should not be afraid to fail at first because it happens and once you figure out okay this didn't work let's try this and then it'll be successful like just going in saying all right let's make it perfect like that 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 prolongs progress to me when you try to jump into things just perfect automatically it's not it just it just doesn't happen that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no i love that because you're you're absolutely right um not even just in the in our our field but everywhere perfectionism is something that we want to uphold and we you're absolutely right social media is just ooh. <laughs> she it, said ooh. <laughs> it, it's just so hard going on there and and just seeing that i'm because I, I just look at you know their families now and, and people who literally are monetized on on that's how they make their money is through ads and through all those things they do on social media and while part of me is kind of like you know i'm always the person who's like get your bag right but at mm -hmm. the same time i'm kind of like what is that doing for you like internally like your spirit mm -hmm. like when i see someone only posting ads or like only posting pictures with their partner but then being like we had such a fun day out at you know walt disney and use my code da, 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 da. i'm just kind of like are you happy <laughs> like do you do you have any joy in your life because like it just it's literally stresses me out sometime and that's like i feel like i kind of took a little step back away from social media which was hard because last year i literally did social media for a company but like it that was another part of it that was helping me be kind of like I, I kind of hate this. <laughs> like, like, I kind of dislike everything about this. Look, moment of transparency right here. The What social media has become, okay, I'm I'm 33 years old. I'm a millennial, okay? So we were on the, we, we're on the cusp of, we went through all of it. Black yeah. Planet, MySpace, Facebook. Yeah. Like we went through all of the tiers, right? Mm -hmm. And um, social media was this thing like, okay, we get to meet new people and find a community. And then somewhere along the lines, it became just, you know, this money-making machine, just this, everybody is an influencer. Everybody is chasing this um, influencing dream and everything. And um, I use it for professional um, reasons, of course, um, just to keep myself out of trouble. I'm like, okay, everybody doesn't need to know everything I'm thinking when I'm thinking it. Like, <laughs> you know, y'all are going to get these flute shots and these flute bay things and that's it. Yeah. But even with that, um, just how naturally competitive it can become, it can become very toxic. Um, all of a sudden people 
in your community are creating narratives about you. You're creating narratives about them. And it's all in your head, just based off of what you're scrolling through people. Yeah. And, um, and this has been a reality check just for myself um, with speaking with other creators and things and realizing like these are people on the other end of these profiles, you know, and you forget because everyone looks so perfect and it's just human nature, you know, to if you're you're going through um, a certain phase in your life or something like that and someone appears to have it all together, it may f make you, you know, feel some type of way. I've seen it with my own students, my own students. I've experienced it. Other creatives have talked to me about this and that's a real place. Um, so it is important to, to step back and I've done so this semester, this semester was very busy um, for me. And it took a toll on me a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh, Flute Bay is disappearing. Flute Bay has not gone anywhere. Okay. <laughs> I'm still outside playing. And just because, <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm not posting it doesn't mean that it's it's not real. Oof. And I I made a couple of posts recently. I'm like, okay, in times of silence, and I did this for myself. In times of silence, I'm at work. In times of silence, I'm raising my daughter. In times of silence, I'm sleep girl. In times yes. of silence, yes. I'm watching Netflix. Okay, Thank you. Thank you. and it is it is okay to be present in your life yes. and i know that probably doesn't have anything to do with our conversation today but i really wanted to make note of that because social media is such a big thing and um that was a part of of my presentation at nfa actually when we were talking about being an influencer and um finding what your success is in it and i think we see a lot of people's successes and we think that our success has to look like that mm -hmm. and your story may not end up like that mm -hmm. like lauren you're a flutist i'm a flutist and so is lizzo are we gonna go and be lizzo am i gonna go be lauren are you gonna go and be flute bait no <laughs> um everybody has their own story their own thing and i just think it's important for people to um not tap in so much to what everyone else is doing yes find your inspiration but just that leave it right at that point Find your inspiration, but don't don't go find a reason to um, continue to destroy yourself from this platform because you're so wrapped in wrapped up in what everyone else is doing or what you may perceive to be, you know, mm -hmm. success or what's perfect from someone else's life because you just don't know what other people's story are and what 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 other people's story is and what it took for them to get there you know yes. you have to tap into what your real life is and and get there on your own yes no, this is so it's it's so relevant to everything that we do now because you're absolutely right there there especially within the music field not even just classical music but just music in general you see people all the time on socials like wanting to show different things and like it's some of it's great like i love seeing sometimes people showing their creation process uh -huh. or talking about you know how they get themselves out of funks or even just sharing like amazing content uh -huh. that part is always the the fun inspirational part that you're like oh that was really nice to see uh -huh. it, it you're absolutely right it is the fact that if we don't see someone posting a lot where like you know there's an inherent like i wonder what they're doing it's like we we feel like entitled to uh -huh. other people's 
lives, especially because we have the examples of people who overshare mm-hmm. so much. I think most of social media is just oversharing. You're right. Sometimes you should have just kept that thought to yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> you shouldn't have said <laughs> And then people get in trouble because you think you have to share every single day. Exactly. Uh, think, okay, I'm upset, so I have to say something. No, you don't. Right. Go just, write it down uh, or call uh, your girlfriend uh, and say it, you know? That's that's it. The celebrity right now, uh, at a celebrity that's in the news currently, maybe you should have kept mm-hmm. your opinions. Just be quiet. <laughs> just, okay. be quiet. <laughs> just like, that's it. Just drop the job. Be quiet. Uh, <laughs> I, I will, one thing I will say that goes along with all this stuff and like tearing yourself down, social media has become a spot to tear others down mm-hmm. that you have never met. Like, you know, I, I'll openly admit in my undergrad, it was me. I said it. I admit it. I was like, I was like, I don't know why they're getting this because I can play this good. It's just a scroll through you angrily scroll through. And now I'm just like, I haven't made a post since like 2020. I'm just like, literally, I got a job and I said, I said, Anthony, should I make a post? Anthony's like, you haven't made a post? I said, no. And he was like, you should maybe make a post. And I finally made a post in August after I started the job for like three weeks. And it was just like, I just like stop posting. I'd be scrolling. Um, but one of my students was like, yeah, I just feel like I'm not good. And also, so this person's my same age. I'm like, you've never started taking lessons until this year. Your first time taking lessons was college. Mm-hmm. And you were on your sixth lesson. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> they're probably going to be a little further thing. Because they had those people be in the bowling alleys. Mm-hmm. And they were like, bounce over here, bounce over here. You can't fall in the gutter because I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you just now have that so like you understand the privilege they had now you have this mm-hmm. what are you going to do with like what do you want to do with your career and how are you going to use these for four years to get there and i'm just like y'all i can't do this no more right and, <laughs> and what i was telling people even in the um the workshop that we gave when it was the social media portion you when you you find your niche that's like the hot word now find your niche what do you like to do once you find that you create your posting schedule according to that you shape what that looks like for you and again i always stress your people will find you the people who follow me they know okay she's quiet right now she'll be back y'all here she goes she's doing she's doing her thing <laughs> Again, I get messages from people who have followed me for years. I'm like, okay, girl, I know you're at work right now, but you know, when you have time, can you, you know, what I'm saying, do this, Anita Baker? <laughs> when you come back, I'll be waiting for it. Okay, bye. Love you. You know, <laughs> but again, my community, they understand me, you know, and, um, Early on, if you you followed me like years ago, you you're um, privy to um, like some mental health things that I've shared and everything's like, okay, if I do a lot of this, y'all, I get really depressed and it takes a toll on me. And I want to, you know, be at my best when I share with you all. And I don't want this to be something toxic for me. And I want all of us to love the the gift of music together. I don't want it to feel like it's it's eating away at me and it's destroying me, okay? Because I'm trying to keep up with whatever um, the algorithm says is a great posting schedule, okay? <laughs> um, but again, those people, they understand me. So um, with that type of transparency, with 
um, their understanding that audience translates to who shows up to my shows in real life. You know, I've seen musicians. I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but I've seen people <laughs> with numbers. Okay. They got 200,000, 300,000, a million followers and 15 people are showing up to your show. But you posting every day. <laughs> Look at his face right now. <laughs> <laughs> That ain't it. That ain't it. That's but you know, with with my with my little modest following, my twenty thousand on Instagram or whatever it is on TikTok, I'm able to translate that because you know I tell people all the time, talk to me, I talk back. You DM me, I'm gonna DM you, but you know, don't respectively. Okay? <laughs> Be respectful, okay? <laughs> but um, that that shows up in real life. You know, mm-hmm. it's the reason why Nas can can pack out a show like that. It was a reason why I could have a flute bay show and 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 pack the 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 venue or whatever. You have to think about whatever whatever that success is for your niche, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, then go after that. You can't let what people in the comments, you know what we like to say fonts or something like that. You can't let these um, these people shape what that looks like for you, you know? Yeah, and, and with I mean, all of that, y- yes. we. I feel like we don't talk too much about social media on here just because that's something I feel like all of us are either just so tired about <laughs> or we just don't care enough about unless we're addressing like, you know, something that goes on, but it is so relevant and it has become a big thing. And it makes sense because the past few years, especially with the pandemic, that was one way that we could all reach each other. So it makes right. sure that it makes sense that there was a surge of um, that, you know, happening on online, but it is nice to, to reconnect with people in person. So I encourage y'all, please go outside and touch grass, go to live performances, like go do, go connect with other musicians. Um, And I love that that's exactly what you did with this presentation for NFA. You found your two um, presentation partners who are both amazing flutists and educators in their own rights. Mm -hmm. And you brought this amazing presentation that is unlike anything that the National Flute Association has ever seen before. What, when you were, when, like, how, just tell us about the conception of your flute and hip hop presentation and kind of the process of creating it. Um, so, Dr. Brittany Trotter um, sent out, did she DM me first? Or I believe she DM me first and was like, hey, girl, been following you for a long time. Uh, we've followed each other for years. I don't even know how long we've known each other at this point, but um, I'm thinking about doing this presentation on flute and hip hop at uh, NFA, like she just gave them rundown and she just asked, I was wondering if you were interested. I was like, sure girl. (laughs) Here's my email. Send me the details and once you get them, you know, and then she reached out to Justine. Justine jumped in. Um, She put us in a group email um, and we started working on the proposal first. That's what came first. We started working on the proposal and um, we had, I believe, a Zoom meeting. Yes. This this was like some months in planning. So I'm I'm trying to like make sure I have it in my head. Um, We jumped on a Zoom meeting, met each other for the first time virtually, which is really great. We were just all big smiles like, oh my God, 
it's it's your face like for real moving and speaking you know <laughs> um so we started to have a brain fire okay what is this thing gonna look like so we eventually reached that okay let's break it down into regions and i believe Brittany, she teaches at um i believe is it called pacific state mm -hmm. university or something? she's in california mm -hmm. yes so she teaches um a flute hip hop class there where she covers like improv and she um and pedagogy and things like she she does a lot like this girl is like phenomenal um and she she covers a lot of uh west coast things so she said okay i could talk about the west <clears throat> coast justine is from new york she said i could talk about the east coast i'm from memphis tennessee i could talk about the south Mm -hmm. So like it kind of like fell into place that way. So we typed up um, in the outline what we'll do. So Brittany typed up her blurb. She said, okay, I'll do West Coast. I'll talk about improv. Um, Justine said, okay, I'll do East Coast. And I'll talk about mainstream culture. And she was talking about, you know, like the mask off challenge and SNL mm -hmm. and all those things. And I said, okay, I could talk about the South and um music hip-hop music in the south because people aren't really familiar with that outside of um it becoming mainstream like around um the time of the, the migos coming out and everything and the south really just had a, a boom in in uh hip-hop mainstream or mainstream hip-hop music and i'll talk about social media because again you know just my niche you know <laughs> um so Sent off the, the proposal. It, it feels like it was accepted almost immediately. Like they were like, what? We haven't had anything like this. Of course. So boom, mm -hmm. got the, the go ahead to, to present. So we started scheduling um, Zoom meetings. Um, again, brainstorming. How is this pres presentation going to look? Um, how long it needs to be? You know, like the logistic things. And we started to put our information and things together, start to put our PowerPoints and things together. So West Coast, Brittany, she's working over here. I'm working on the South. Justine is working on um, the East Coast. And then we'll, I think we did it in Canva. Yeah, we use Canva. They have some really nice presentation, PowerPoint presentation uh, <laughs> things on there, by the way. Sorry, my educator educator uh, brain is jumping out like, oh my gosh, it's just so seamless and so beautiful. Um, so we're putting our presentation and things together, submitting, we're, we're creating deadlines and everything. So like we're working, okay? <laughs> um, and we will have our practice run-throughs via Zoom, which was interesting. And we decided, okay, we have to do like a quote-unquote recital, recital, a portion of the presentation so we had to play like okay what is that going to look like so um justine had a dj friend of hers put this mix together with all these different uh hip-hop flute songs and like okay we're gonna arrange something for it so Brittany picked two songs and she started to arrange her flute part for it i picked two songs i arranged my flute part for it justine the same thing we put all these things together we did not rehearse <laughs> this presentation until the day before um it was time to present that was the first time we met in person touched each other hug like oh my gosh it's so nice to meet you let's go in this corner and practice really quick before <laughs> before tomorrow so um that was really awesome 
we did our run through and then the next day we presented and it was the the planning portion of it. it it was just amazing to me like this was one of the moments where technology was just everything because she's over in california she's in new york i'm down here in nashville but we were able to come together and and put this amazing presentation together and you know use zoom and everything to facilitate that so um yeah, just a, a lot of planning. Again, a shot in the dark. Dr. Trotter was like, I want to do this flute and hip hop thing. Are y'all down? And we were like, yeah, girl, here's the email. Here's my number. Like, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, a whole lot of planning and uh, execution. And and it, it turned out so good. Like, it felt... I, it was educational. It was entertaining. Mm -hmm. I I felt um, encouraged and inspired by it by the end of it, just to see y'all up there. But then to be speaking on you know a topic that again has never ever made its way into the National Food Association, um, and then just seeing the reactions, it was laughing and people like enjoying themselves. It was like it was like a convening, a celebration. Um, and afterwards, obviously it was just, was you got, I mean, the standing ovation you had and all the people coming up to you afterwards, like, how did that feel to have that? I mean, not that even you needed an affirmation from that, but just to have that, that affirmation from the people in the room, how did that feel? Um, again, just the, the, the energy of it. Um, there was a number of emotions i'll just speak for myself I, I know my girls they it was it was it was just a rush over all of us i i can't say that um but just for myself it was reaffirming that okay this is where i'm supposed to be because for a minute and i'm and i'm so appreciative of uh Brittany for giving us this opportunity and you know just presenting this opportunity to us um I felt a bit, you know, alienated from the flute world a bit because I started to, um, you know, dive into to Flute Bay a bit more. You know, the, and a lot of the flute community appreciates what I do with Flute Bay and they follow me. But then there was the other part of the flute community is just like, OK, well, if you're not playing Mozart, then you're not a real flute is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> um so like, you know, I'm I'm going through like those, those, you know, mental acrobatics with that. Like, do I belong here? Do I belong there? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? Um, but at the, at the end of that presentation, even during the presentation, I felt at home. I felt like, okay, girl, you worked hard for this. Yes. It, it's a, <laughs> like, you deserve to be here. And I feel like a lot of people, again, forget that with just the, going back into our previous conversation with constantly comparing yourself to other people and everything, you you forget what's um, destined for you. And I ended up exactly where I was supposed to be, when I was supposed to be there. Did it show up when I wanted to? Probably not. But um, the timing was impeccable. I will say that. <laughs> um, so again, I felt reaffirmed. I felt relieved. 
because <laughs> that's always, you know, it's, it's still every time I'm in front of people, whether if I'm speaking, you know, teaching or playing, it's all a performance. Right. Um, so there's that, that sigh of relief, like, okay, girl, take your bow. Boom. <laughs> we got through another one. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I I felt that now now my Leo is about to come out. I don't know if y'all into Zodiac or whatever, but I'm a Leo. Yeah. Okay. So that came out of there like, okay, girl, another notch on your belt. You did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's right. Right. Add it to the list. The price just went up. It just went up. <laughs> Yesterday's <laughs> price is not today's price. <laughs> <laughs> so again it was just so many so many different emotions and they were all positive you know and um if it, it felt great when uh people were coming up to me like kim scott came up to me and she amazing flautist amazing performing recording flautist um hoping she gets that grammy nod <laughs> this year um, but for her to come up and introduce herself to me and I'm like, wait, no, stop. I know who you are. Okay. <laughs> I'm Ashley Crawford. It's so nice <laughs> to meet you. You know, I met Nestor Torres and he was excited about it. He had another workshop happening at the same time, but he sent his manager on behalf of him to, to watch our clinic and come back and tell him everything oh. about it. And Nestor was just so blown away with what we did and he was so appreciative of what we did because he said it's so important for the flute world to know um what's happening cultural wise as far as far as hip-hop and jazz and you know he does latin music and everything and um just for them to open their ears and their eyes to what's happening around them like it's more than just you know the classical track flute you know um but again, and, and to to see a lot of um, faces in the community, in the flute community that I've only seen on social media like that, that was just so heartwarming for me. It, it felt good to see Lauren and to see um, who else was there. It was so many people. Oh, my goodness. I have so many faces <laughs> in my brain right now. But just to, again, just to see everyone, Dr. Lankin and... Um, Alisa Giddens and just so many people, man. And and the support in the room just overall was just, it was overwhelming and it was received so well. And we hope to uh, continue the awareness and again, the representation. So we're, we're trying to hit other flute festivals and hopefully another national conference um, really soon. I yeah, that. I was I was just gonna ask if there was any any plans to to take the presentation. Um, you know, you already hit the national level, so it's hard once you get to the <laughs> national level. Be like, what's next? It's like, well, but like, um, I did want to ask about what what are the plans for for the research you all did for flute and hip hop. So we're definitely planning um, to again present at other festivals. I think the New York Flute Fair, I believe that's what it's called. That's on the table right now. But again, you know, it's up to everyone's schedule um, sure. with Brittany teaching and myself teaching. Just, you know, if we can um, get away with, you know, professional development. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, TSU, can y'all pay for this real quick? Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
just you know finding time for everyone's schedule to align so we can do this but it's, it's definitely on the table the next uh national conference is on the table as well so um again trying to get those proposals out and hopefully we get the confirmation so we could go ahead and take care of business so that's where we are right now well, uh, I will be watching and seeing because if y'all come anywhere near the Pacific Northwest, I'm going to be there. <laughs> if y'all in the South anywhere, I'm going to pop up. I'm going to go home. I'm going to pop up oh, around man. there. But it just, <laughs> right. But no, it, it was it was great. Like, yeah, NFA, um, there, there are a lot of very traditional people within the National Food mm-hmm. Association. So being able to to see a presentation of this nature um, given by presenters of your caliber and of your backgrounds was everything we needed to see everything we like I expected to see after you know this these years away from um, being you know convening together mm-hmm. um, and I, all I'm saying is I hope to see longevity with that I want to see more of that um, especially as well from like the younger the younger side of students students who are in school who are having these Mm -hmm. ideas and and who want to bring their ideas to life and that's something that um thankfully i had a a a lot to do with um uh this past nfa was seeing what's happening within the 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 student you know community and what's going on and what people are wanting to do and that's been what i've been advocating for is for student voices specifically poc and also queer student voices to be uplifted mm-hmm. and represented more within nfa um and so let's hope that all our efforts that we're doing will continue to be integrated within nfa because it is a home for a lot of us you know what i mm-hmm. mean and there, it's not just one look it's not one type of way to play the flute it's not one type of person who plays the flute right um so we just have to represent that more um and so we'll see that but i just i mean with this with nas and what everything you're doing at tsu like it's 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 inspirational you are busy 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 (laughs) but everything you do is of such um a, a high standard of excellency that it is inspirational to see it's inspirational to us all here on relative pitch i'm sure to our audience as well um, what I always like to, to give you a chance to leave with like a word of advice to our, um, audience. So with everything you have accomplished this past year, but also within your, your educational journey, if there are people who are out there who are, are struggling to find their footing, who feel like they're not getting the opportunities they need they're they don't feel like they're in the right place and not around the right people, mm-hmm. um, what advice can you give them to encourage them to to keep trying to keep pushing? Wow, I'm gonna try not to be too long. Y'all know how I can get preachy, okay? <laughs> um, but if you if you can't find your footing, let's say you you feel like you're in a creative block because I feel like everyone is uh, creative. If you're living day to day and you're figuring out how to get day to day because every time we wake up the day costs like five hundred dollars because of inflation <laughs> and you're figuring out how to get to the next day into the next day into the next day you are creative okay mm-hmm. you're making it um but those moments of blockage and um you feeling like you quote unquote can't figure it out i won't label it as that and, and i've taken this bit of advice that i'm about to give you from erica badu mm-hmm those moments you're downloading 
every time I've taken a step back, whether if it's I went silent on um, social media or I maybe put my flute to the side for a second because I'm like, I just cannot figure this out right now. And I go off and do other things. You mentioned earlier, Lauren, Lauren, putting your feet in the grass. Sometimes it takes that. Go outside and get charged up. Or for speaking for myself, stepping back into my experience as a mother, as a wife, as a woman, feeling, living my experience. All of those things feed into your art. All of those things feed into whatever it is that you're creating. So allow yourself to download that. So when you do go back to it, it turns into something better. It becomes something better than what you initially began to create in the first place, because now you're in a different place. Um, as far as the people that you're surrounded by, my band director, my former band director has preached this time and time again. Preachers have preached this time and time again. Take a look at the five closest people to you. Often than not, they kind of represent where you are in life right now and um, some things, some qualities about yourself. So if so-and-so over here or all five of your besties don't care about doing anything about their life or getting to the next point in their life, then what you think is going to happen with you? <laughs> so you have to you have to find your village. I went through it in my 20s losing what I thought was friends at the time, but no, that was them being moved out of my way so I could get to my village on the other side. Talk about it. And now with the shift of that circle, that circle has put me in rooms I never imagined stepping into. I have numbers in my phone that I still scroll through my contact list like, is this producer number really in my phone right now? Can I really hit this person up? This person hit me up saying jump on this track right now. But I know if I had still been hanging out with so-and-so and so-and-so over here that I would probably be in jail or dead right now. Mm. So it's making the conscious effort in all aspects of your life to become better. You have to make that decision. And it's going to look like losing people. It may feel like you're losing yourself a little bit. But what's happening is that you're shedding all of those bad qualities that can't make it to the top, that can't take you to where your highest self is. And another thing I used to do, too, is I journal a lot. OK. Um, and I started to journal about my highest self. What does the highest form of Ashley Crawford look like? And I journaled to the point where, what does she smell like? How does her hair look? What does her makeup look like? How does she dress? How does she walk? How does she talk to people? And I'm just creating this woman in my journal. And I'm looking up to her as I'm writing about it, but I'm writing about myself. I'm like, oh my God, she the baddest. She walk in the room like this. She does this, she does this, she does this. And I'm writing about her when I'm like 25 years old and I look up and I was like, oh my goodness, she walked in NFA 
with that cape on her back yes. <laughs> in August. Yes. Oh my goodness. Her face was laid just the way I said, oh my goodness. She, so the power of manifestation, it looks a number of ways. It's not just sitting in the middle of the floor, you know, doing your ums and meditating and no, you write about this person. You visualize this person. And again, you're going to have to shed a lot of stuff to get there. It's going to be some growing pains. Okay. <laughs> a lot of growing pains, but you're going to look up and see and feel everything that you pray for. Mm. And you have to allow yourself the grace to get there. And I think I can stop there because like I said, I'll preach y'all. I'll preach because it's, it's Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> those 20 somethings, those 20 somethings is different. That's, that, that's, that's, those are your building blocks. And then when you get to your thirties, you're still building, but it feels a little better, you know, <laughs> money, a little better home a little better family a little better, all of that you know but it's still i'm still going through a lot okay I, I i want bigger i still want more i still feel there's more left for me my story isn't over yet so as long as you as long as you breathe it and you're in good health and you're able-bodied it's possible mm. okay listen i don't know about y'all but i needed that on this sunday <laughs> I I needed it. And hopefully, you know, usually when I ask those questions, I always wrap up. So I'm always like, I know I'm going to get something out of this, but I also hope that whoever audience we have out there, if this was something you needed to hear, then I'm, I'm glad that Ashley, you were here to give it to them, to us, to me. Um, you are like just such an inspiration again to, to all of us here at Relative Pitch. And we thank you for being who you are and we are excited to see all the amazing things we're, we're just excited to see already what you have done and i just i can't even fathom what the future is going to look like for you but i know mm -hmm. it's there um and we're excited and we're excited to be along on the journey with you with this so thank you so much for for your time for being here today um to everyone else who watched this we hope that you you are leaving with a sense of mindfulness <laughs> and, being <laughs> present and you have some takeaways so um until next week thank you again ashley for being here with thank us thank you all for having me i love chatting with y'all like anytime anytime <laughs> Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.